Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Sunday, 6-11-2-3. Let's go. everybody doing out there today is sunday june 11th 2023 i'm your host don q how's everybody doing out there today i hope everyone is doing splendiferous on this beautiful sunday afternoon i've had an eventful day on this sunday we hit the gym for a few hours came home and mowed the yard and now i'm here with you guys you're welcome all right, a couple things, guys. I got a got a jetpack show right here for you. Uh, something that's been on my mind in recent events going on, and it made me think of something. And uh, did some research, and here we go. So before we get into all that, guys, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please, please, follow, subscribe, whatever that button is on that podcast app. Follow the show, subscribe to the show. And uh, then share it with your friends. Let them know how great this thing is. No charge. Free. I, uh, I just want to get the content out to the masses. I don't believe in charging. If, if I were to ever make money doing this, it will be from sponsors. It will be being getting paid by you know a, a company of some sort to uh, produce this. I don't, uh, I don't see where I should have to charge you guys. To hear this greatness that is the soothing tones, <laughs> the soothing tones of the PCGC. No, but seriously. <clears throat> um, so please, guys, just do me this favor. Share this with your friends. Make sure you're following the show. That way, you get the updates and uh, the show alerts and so on and so forth. And furthermore, if you're on social media, 
You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker at Don't Tread on America. On the Instagram at DTOM underscore seventeen seventy five. If you want to follow me personally on the Ticker Talker, it's PCGC underscore seventeen seventy five. And then, if you're not on the social media, I don't blame you. You can follow us at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. That's our website. Uh, from there, you can subscribe to the website. You won't get spammed. You won't get a bunch of crap. You'll get show updates. You'll get any vlogs I do. Or blogs, I should say. And I don't do vlogs. I don't do video anymore. Mainly because it's a, quite the pain in the ass. And they kept on getting flagged and demonetized by YouTube. So it's really not worth my time. I really need to quit talking about it and set up a rumble page and maybe i could start doing videos again but in the meantime it's audio <laughs> but from any of those situations the website social media platforms you can message the show if you have any questions concerns things happening in your neck of the woods you want to let the world know about you can send them my way and we can do the research on them and then um, I'll, I'll do a show on it all right, so I'm gonna play a couple of clips. It won't be. A, I won't do a lot of talking. I'm just gonna let everyone else do. No, I'm joking. I do have a couple of things here, and uh, this is gonna set up the show, and and we'll go from there. The wealthiest American families' power and influence led them to start three major programs for shaping society at home and abroad. They founded the eugenics movement. They started the Central Intelligence Agency. And they initiated Operation Mockingbird to gain vast influence over people's beliefs via control of the media. Chicago Tribune syndicated columnist Edwin Black documented the history of the genocidal eugenics program that deemed these ethnic groups, Irish, Italians, Jews, Blacks, Asians, and Hispanics as inferior and in need of sterilization as well as elimination. After World War II, highest-level CIA whistleblower Victor Marchetti, a former assistant to the deputy director, said that the wealthiest white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family started the CIA and placed themselves at the top of the U.S. intelligence hierarchy. British magazine editor Francis Stoner Saunders also detailed the history of the CIA this way. C-SPAN covered Francis Stoner Saunders speaking at the National Archives about how the CIA spent vast amounts of money on foundations that funded virtually all of the well-known American artists and writers for at least several decades after its 1947 inception. She said they did this in an attempt to control the way Americans thought and acted. The U.S. government, through its intelligence and espionage arm, poured huge resources into a cultural propaganda campaign. A central feature of this campaign was to advance the claim that it didn't exist. The CIA was, in effect, acting as America's hidden Ministry of Culture. Whether they liked it or not, whether they knew it or not, there were few writers, poets, artists, historians, scientists or critics in post-war Europe, and indeed America, whose names were not in some way linked to this covert enterprise. A vital constituent of this effort was psychological warfare, the most effective kind of propaganda was defined as the kind where the subject moves in the direction you desire for reasons which he believes to be his own. So what are we talking about today? What we're going to delve into is a microphone that's right there in my face. You would think I'd see it. Um, 
Operation Mockingbird. Okay, so what what are we being told about Operation Mockingbird? So I'm going to give you the Wikipedia version of of what it is because um, the reason I use Wikipedia, I think it, a lot of times it's full of shit. So we, we can agree on that, I think. Um, <clears throat> but at least there's no argument as to from the left or liberals or whoever where I'm getting my information from. And then I'm going to, so I'll just read this and, and I'm going to bounce around. So just stick with me, guys. Okay, so Operation Mockingbird. So this is how it's written. It is an alleged large-scale program of the United States CIA that began in the early years of the Cold War and attempted to manipulate dom- uh, domestic American news media organizations for propaganda purposes. According to author Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into a propaganda network and influence the operations of front pages. CI support of the front of the front groups was exposed when, in April of 1967, a Ramparts article reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA in 1975. The Church Committee Congressional Investigations revealed agency connections with journalists and civic groups. In 1973, a document referred to as the Family Jewels was published by the CIA containing a reference to Project Mockingbird, which is the name of Operation in 63 wiretapping two journalists believed to be dismantling, or I'm sorry, disseminating uh, classified information. The document does not contain references to Operation Mockingbird. So right there off the bat, you can say that Operation Mockingbird is an alleged large-scale program. I think we've come to know that any CIA-alleged program tends to fall more into truth. Now, this, what I'm going to play here next, this was a phone call. This was a caller who called in to the Washington Journal show on C-SPAN. Okay. Now listen to what he says. You're going to hear a response from two ladies. One was um one was Lady A and one was Lady B. What was her name? Um uh, crap. I you'll you'll hear their name. So just just roll with me here. Hi, thanks for having me on this morning. Um one thing I realized at a young age with uh, politics in this country is that uh you can't you can't really listen to what people say. Uh, it's a lot of nonsense in there. You have to look at actions. What actually happened? And uh, I think if if people kind of were put their personal feelings behind and just focused on what happens, we'd be a lot better off. I I feel there's a lot of personal hatred to Trump, which to me just falls in the category of hatred. You have to look at what what has happened. But do a little comparison of our last two presidents and how they started off. Trump is 
out of the atmosphere as far as how well he's doing compared to the last two presidents, if you look at things side by side. That's one point. A previous caller mentioned something very important that you guys completely brushed over, and that's something that was slipped into the 2012 NDAA. It was the rescinding of the Smith-Mund Act. And what this has done is open the floodgates for the media to basically lie to us if it's in the best interest of the government. So what we're witnessing here is the deep state aligned with media, and they have a free pass. We're, we're, we're a lot of questionable things happening in this country. We got mass shootings. I, I, I'm sorry to say these, these things are questionable. And under this law, the rescinding of the Smith-Mund Act, in reality, the government could be working with media to deceive us. And it's legal. Talk about the rescinding of the Smith-Mund Act, please. So before I continue this, I'll get into what the Smith-Mund Act is and what the uh, the it wasn't necessarily repealed, but it was it was updated. Um, the two ladies here you're going to hear are Eleanor Cliff. She's from the Daily Beast. And then the second lady, Cheryl uh, Chumley from the Washington Times. Dan, we'll let you go there. Dan in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, Eleanor Clift, any thoughts on what you heard? Um, I, I think that sounds to be like a conspiracy theory that's alive and well. I'm not going to comment on Of course it's a conspiracy theory. She's going to go right here. i with that particular act, but I will say that back in the 1950s, there was that whole Operation Mockingbird thing, which was never formally... Uh, you know, confirmed by the CIA, but of course that was the operation where CIA operatives worked with U.S. media to shape the messages that came out of the media, and it was purportedly supposed to have hit at hundreds of journalists and reporters, and that's something that has been reported and reported and used in different terms. And what was the message that they were trying to get across it, in this? It, it, uh, it varied. It, it went on for years. So that's, a, that's the left message, trying to disseminate, you know, trying to swerve. Well, what were they trying to get a point? It's not what one particular thing. It's multiple things. It's life in general. Well, we have aspects of the government, the USIA, Voice of America, that transmit... Uh, American values abroad. Uh, I only bring it up because you, you say conspiracy the, theorist uh, well, that's as if that it, it's ridiculous. Like, well, but at the same time, mass there shootings. He was tying mass shootings with the media and government interference to to uh, to fool the American. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here because basically what what these two ladies are arguing over. You have Eleanor Cliff, who is the not that you can see her, but she's the older of the two. She's the one poo pooing on the caller, saying it was conspiracy theory. Okay, number one, the Smith Munt Act is is a law. It's law. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's law. And I'm gonna read you what the Smith Munt Act and and she knows what it is because she talked about it where she said about the USIA and the the uh, Free Radio America, essentially, broadcasting American values to other countries, okay? And I'm going to read that here in a minute. What the other lady here, Cheryl Chumley, was talking about with Operation Mockingbird is she said there was hundreds. Well, there was over 400 journalists across the country. Now, when we say 400 journalists, now this was back in the 50s, or 50s into the 60s into the 70s i would say into today but um 
it isn't necessarily just like your mainstream of course back in the 50s you didn't have fox and cnn and all that crap you just had abc cbs and nbc but even if you think back in those days cbs abc nbc so 400 journalists so we weren't just talking about the talking heads on tv we were talking about newspaper journalists we were talking about local journalists we weren't even just saying oh the new york times had uh writers that were part of this and the washington times and the washington post and the la Times. nothing like major it was it could have been your local newspaper could have had a journalist and real realistically a lot of your um mid-major newspapers now granted i know newspapers nowadays are kind of like that's like old media that no one really really reads a newspaper i always call it yesterday's news but you got to think back in the 50s in the 60s 70s shit the 80s most people got their news from two sources the evening news with you know walter cronkite or whoever it was that was up there or and or the newspaper now if you uh live in a smaller town and you you know you got the the uh the gazette in your neighborhood now the gazette might not be just the gazette they might be owned by a a subsidiary of the new york times let's say and most of their information is coming from that newspaper but um so what is the smith month at okay so it was the U.S. Information and Educational Exchange Act of 1948. So it's interesting that this law was passed during the time that Operation Mockingbird was in effect. So, not that the CIA follows the rules, okay? And the CIA, we are, we are told that the CIA was and is and uh basically we know what it is it's a spy agency but they're supposed to be spying on foreign they're not supposed to do operations on america soil right it's supposed to be overseas over wherever so this law was was properly called the smith munt act was introduced by congress congressman carl munt of uh, south dakota in January '45, the 79th Congress Congress was subsequently passed by the 80th Congress and signed into law by Truman in uh, January of uh, 1948. So, um, basically, the act was developed to regulate broadcasting of programs for foreign audience produced under the guidance by the State Department, and it prohibited domestic dissemination of materials produced by such programs as one of its provisions the original version of the act was amended and i'll get into that here in a minute in 2012 so this was them passing a law saying that we the the united states this was after world war ii now, why did they do this? So after World War II, now I would also say the reason they passed this was because during 
World War II, you had a lot of this stuff going on overseas in Germany and Japan and wherever in Europe as a way to uh, convince Germans and, and whoever, whoever they were trying to convince that what the Americans were doing and what the Allies were doing was the right thing. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't, but that's the idea behind it. So after World War II, obviously, was the rise of communism, right? You had Operation Paperclip, another situation if you don't know about. We can maybe do a show on it. I know Chris and I have touched on it in the past, but regardless. Um, so you had the rise of the, of the Soviet Union and the rise of America. So from 50 to well, I guess today, but, you know, through the 80s especially. So you had a good 30-plus years of the quote-unquote Cold War. And that was us versus them. Now it was uh, the U.S. versus communism, but during the course of that time, we were involved in at least two different regional wars, Korea and Vietnam, which involved communism also, also. Um, none of which had anything to do with Russia, who was supposedly our biggest adversary, oddly enough, had more to do with China than Russia, but whatever. But the idea behind this, this bill was to be able to make news articles, commercials, uh, radio broadcast, whatever the case may be for foreigners to hear, not in America, but over there, wherever there is, to talk about how great America is. So you got to think, back in the day, back in these days, in 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, if you lived in Russia or East Germany or Poland or these areas, and you caught wind of these radio shows or uh, maybe television shows, and they produced basically propaganda to tell you how great America was and how crappy your life was. Not that they didn't know that, but I don't think they really knew how great America was. And it was just a not, basically the point behind it was that we were going to do these things to convince those people to rebel against Russia and so on and so forth. And I guess the rest is history. Now, the interesting part <laughs> about the Smith-Munt Act isn't necessarily the act that was passed in 48 because the idea of it didn't affect us, Americans. The part that did affect us was in 2012 when the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012 passed. Now, you could ask the question, what needed to be modernized about the Smith-Munt Act. I mean, on its on its surface, you could say, okay, they're producing uh, propaganda to show our enemies, or not necessarily our enemies, but our the people of our enemies, to, for whatever reason, right? So why do you need to modernize it? Okay, well, I guess for the average American, if you don't read the bill, you might be thinking, okay, well, this was done in 48, so back then it was just radio and TV was just kind of getting started, so now you got internet and you got Facebook and Twitter and so on and so forth. They got to modernize it, right? Well, I don't think 
that was the idea because ideally info is info, whether it's on your phone, on your laptop, on the radio, on TV, it's info, right? Here's what it was. So the Modernization Act amends the United States Information and Education Exchange Act of 1948 to authorize the Secretary of the State and the Broadcasting Board of Governors to provide for the preparation and dissemination of information intended for foreign audience abroad about the United States, including about its people, its history, and the federal government's policies through press, publications, radio, motion pictures, the Internet, and other information including social media through information centers and instructors. Under current law, such authorities restricted to information disseminated abroad with limited domestic exception. So did you catch that? Now, this isn't this isn't even Wikipedia. This is from the Congress.gov. This is the bill that was passed. This isn't someone's idea of the bill. This isn't someone's uh, conception of the bill. This is the bill. It provides for the preparation and dissemination of information intended for foreign audience abroad about the U.S., its people, its history, the federal government policies through press publication, da 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 to bring it here authorizes the secretary and the board to make available in the United States motion pictures, films, video, audio, and other materials prepared for dissemination abroad or disseminated abroad pursuant to such act, the United States International Broadcast Act of 1994 and the Radio Broadcast to Cuba Act or the Television Broadcast Act to, Broadcasting Act to Cuba. Amends the Foreign Relations Authorization Act, fiscal year 86 to 87, to, pro to prohibit funds uh, for the Department of State or the Board from being used to influence public opinion or propaganda in the United States. So, essentially... What it did, and this was a law passed by Obama, it authorized the use of propaganda within the United States. Also, in January of 2013, Obama signed H.R. 4310. Now, Section 1078 of that bill authorized the use of propaganda within the United States, which had been illegal since 1948 when the Smith-Munt Act had passed. So, what is this all about? So, I'm going to play this clip, and I'm going to talk amongst it. So, and then we're going to get into Project Mockingbird, and is it still going on today? In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. So we were warned by... By the military-industrial uh, complex. That was... Uh, shit, I can't think of a name. Eisenhower. That was Eisenhower. So we're going to get into the media propaganda and Operation Mockingbird. This video will play. I'm going to talk over it while we're going. 
Operation Mockingbird is a large-scale program of the United States Central Intelligence Agency that began in the early war years of the Cold War and manipulates news media, foreign and domestic, for propaganda use. The CIA created Operation Mockingbird to publish fake news around the world, and it is still active today. We have a particular obligation this is from the Church Committee in 1975. In light of its tremendous potential for abuse, it has the capacity to monitor the private conversations of American citizens without the use of a bug or a tap. The interception of international communication signals sent through the air is the job of NSA, and thanks to modern technological developments, it does its job very well. The danger lies in the ability of the NSA to turn its awesome technology against domestic communication. So that was in 1975. Now think of the technology the government has today, not just to spy, but to track, listen, and record information about every second of your life from birth until death. Also, to influence how you feel and think, to control you. I want to be sure that this country stays free. And that means that uh, any spy agency continues to be outward looking, to spy on foreigners, but not to be spying on Americans or not to be trampling upon the laws and constitutional rights of American citizens. That would be its purpose. And in the long run, it would contribute to public confidence in the CIA and make for an efficient intelligence agency uh, operating within the law. You believe you're consistent with the statutes, but there isn't any statute that prohibits your interception of domestic communications. I believe that's correct. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. And we're looking at that very carefully. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American now listen journal? listen to the answer here. We do have people who submit pieces to other two American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI. Which are still in effect. Well, again, today. I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. <clears throat> uh, at CBS, uh, we uh, had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of the CIA agent ch uh, chiefs uh, of station 
and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. His advice to journalists is that they must be more careful when working with the CIA to avoid being uh, disturbed, disrupted by the American public. He is confirming that CBS News worked with the CIA. He is also justifying American media and journalists working with the CIA to publish fake news stories to the American public. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. I'm going to pause this. Did you catch that? Keep repeating things for them to understand the propaganda. And they're clapping. Right. Let's, let's clap it up here. That sounds like a good idea. President W. Bush being questioned about government-produced news stories being aired about to the American public without disclaimers. President, earlier this year you told us you had ordered your administration to cease and desist on payments to journalists uh, to promote your agenda. It is not a secret that the U.S. government pays journalists to publish government-created news stories as their own. It's business as usual. You cited the need for uh, ethical concerns and the need for a bright line between the press and the government. Your administration continues to make the use of video news releases, which are prepackaged news stories sent to television stations, fully aware that some or many of these stations will air them without any disclaimer that they are produced by the government. Controller General of the United States this week said that raises ethical questions. Does it raise ethical questions about the use of government money to produce stories about the government that wind up being aired with no disclosure that they were produced by the government? Uh, there, there is a Justice Department opinion that says these, um, these pieces are within the law so long as they're based upon facts, not advocacy. And I expect our agencies to adhere to that ruling to that Justice Department opinion. Uh, this has been a long-standing practice of the federal government to use uh, these uh, types of videos. Agricultural Department, as I understand, has been using these videos for a long period of time. The Defense Department, other departments have been doing so. It's important that, the, that they be based upon the guidelines set out by uh, the Justice Department. Now, I also I think it'd be helpful if local stations then disclose to their viewers if that's you know that this was based upon a factual report and they chose to use it. In other words, if you don't know you're watching government created news, then it's not the government's problem. It's it's yours. Your problem. Evidently in some cases that's not the case. So anyway, Guarantee that's happening by including that language in the prepackaged report. Yeah, I don't, you know, look, I mean, oh, you mean a disclosure? I'm George W. Bush, and I. Well, some way to make sure it couldn't air without the disclosure that you believe is so vital. Uh, you know, Ken, I mean, there's a, there's a procedure that we're going to follow, and the local stations ought to, if there's a deep concern about that, ought to tell their viewers what they're watching.
Again, it's not the government's problem. If you don't know the news is fake, it's yours. In 2021, 90% of the media inside the U.S. is owned by six corporations. National Amusements, Disney, Comcast, Sony, News Corp, and Time Warner. Those six corporations decide what news is reported to you, how the news is reported to you. And to keep control of you and the news, they also decide what news is not reported to you. All while giving you government manufactured propaganda, manipulating you by manufacturing consent, manufacturing how you think, how you feel. The CIA director, William Colby, will know our disinformation program is complete when everything an American public believes is false. Now you know you are being manipulated, controlled, and lied to. You know the government and the media work together against you. Now it is up to you and us to take control. We need to start thinking critically. Stop consuming corporate news and legacy media. Seek out independent news sources from different political viewpoints. Ask questions, authoritative news sources, and learn their tricks. Anonymous sources means it's a lie. Personal attacks with no substance are meant to manipulate your emotions and control your response. Ignore news reports based on opinions and not facts. So essentially, what you guys need to do, what all of us should be doing, and I know I'm talking, I'm kind of speaking to the choir, so to speak. You guys are listening to a podcast right now right? We all listen to podcasts. I listen to podcasts. You are listening to a podcast, which I would assume you listen to other podcasts. I would venture a guess that just about every person that does a podcast listens to other podcasts. And I think, and I'm not, and I'm not here to speak for all podcasts and I'm not going to call out all podcasts or other podcasts. But I'll say this about that. You can listen to 50 different podcasts. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. If you're a leftist and you're a hardcore Biden supporter, chances are you're not listening to me right now. So whatever. But those people feel they believe what they believe. Okay. Just like we believe what we believe. Okay. And they're being lied to just as much as we are. Now, the six corporations that control the news, okay, Disney, Comcast, Time Warner, News Corp, okay, and uh, what was the other one? Some amusement, national amusement, whatever. I don't even know who that is, but we know Disney. We know Comcast. Comcast cable (laughs) sucks so bad that they changed their name to Spectrum, and they still suck. Disney, we know all about Disney. We know where their allegiance lies. And then Time Warner. These companies not only control the news media. These companies control entertainment media. News Corp. What is News Corp? That's Fox. Okay. Now, up until recently... 
News Corp controlled Fox Studios. So not only did they control the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Times, I think, uh, and like Fox News, they controlled Fox, like 21st Century Fox, okay? Now, I don't recall the year, but it was recently, last couple of years, they sold off 21st Century Fox, so they no longer control the entertainment aspect of that. But guess who does? Disney, because Disney bought that. So not that it's any better. But nonetheless, that's why The Simpsons, for example, are on Disney Plus now. But nonetheless, um, we, we, we on the right, or how, whatever your, your thought process is, is we think, oh, I watch Fox, so Fox is great. Well, Fox, in my opinion, is just as guilty as the rest of them. They might sway the news your way so they get the viewership. But it doesn't mean that they're not basically telling you the same story. I mean, I'll go as far as just look at what recently happened on Fox between Bongino and Tucker Carlson. Being fired, being not renewed, contract dispute, whatever the reason was given, whatever. You can, there's a lot of people that might not even know who Dan Bongino is. And you might, if you do, you might not be a fan of him. That's fine. Cool. Whatever. I listen to his podcast. I I think since he's been off of Fox, oddly enough, he's a little more free to say the things he, he wants to say. The things that he actually wants to say. When he was still employed by Fox, whether it was as a contributor or when he had his own show, he, to me, seemed limited in what he wanted to to say and what he could say tucker on the other hand and 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 let me real quick before i get to him bongino obviously wasn't tucker carlson he he had good numbers for his one day a week show and his podcast is probably one of the biggest podcasts in the country i mean not not joe rogan big but he's up there and once he once he was broke free from those chains of Fox News, he could really say whatever the hell he wants. Now, Tucker, on the other hand, did say a lot of the things that he wanted to say. And uh, he paid the price for that. Now, I'll also say this about Tucker Carlson. You can tell that he was still tethered by the leash of Operation Mockingbird in the sense of I'll go back to the January 6th tapes. Okay. So when Kevin McCarthy took over as Speaker of the House, right, within a week or two, he said he's going to give all the footage to Tucker Carlson. Right? You remember that? And people lost their ever-loving mind. Okay. About three or four weeks went by, and then Tucker released the tapes on a Monday. That whole show, and I watched it, that whole Monday show, was dedicated to those tapes, mainly around uh, around the uh, I don't recall his name, Jacob Chomley, I think maybe. But anyway, the the uh, the showman, the the dude that wore the Viking helmet, whatever whatever it was, you know who I'm talking about, Chewbacca man, whatever you want to call him. And <laughs> to the point where the video was so evidence was so damning, I, I'm pretty sure he got he got released from prison. 
when you watch the video and the cops are opening the door and he's walking by five, six, seven, eight cops and they're not doing anything. And when that show ended on that Monday, he ended the show by saying, I'll continue this tomorrow because I've got more footage for you guys. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, that was great. I watched Tucker every I recorded a show. I watched it before I went to work every day. So I'm like, fuck, yeah, we're going to watch the shit on Tuesday. We can see some more stuff. Well, then Tuesday morning came after the Monday night show. And there was a lot of crying by Chuck Schumer and other people in the news media, in Congress and Senate and whoever. Making up lies and crying about public information. This isn't like it's a videotape from inside of somebody's house. It's not like if you have cameras inside your house that uh, they got a hold of them and caught, you know, your wife banging the milkman and then put it all over the air. This was videotapes taken from security cameras within the Capitol. Now, let me see who pays for that building. We do. Why is the information being kept from us? What are they hiding? What does Tucker know? He saw the tapes. And then a month or so later, he's fired. So you can't tell me that Fox News, as great as we want to believe they are, they're not on our side. They make believe that they're on our side to get viewership. Because if I, I mean, granted, I still kind of watch Fox because what the fuck else am I going to watch? You know what I'm saying? Um, but I kind of watch it with the chip on my shoulder. Like, okay, well, is this really what they feel? Because you can tell there's, there's certain talent on that channel that you can tell want to really say what's on their mind, but they can't because these motherfuckers get paid. Even the weekend people get paid. You know what I'm saying? So they're choosing the check over the truth. And I can't necessarily say that I blame them. But we see that. Even in podcasting, we see that. Look at Joe Rogan, for example. Okay? The biggest podcaster around. I am nothing. I'm not even a fucking blip on the radar compared to Joe Rogan. And that's cool. I'm fine with that. The problem is, is he can go out and say some bullshit that people are going to disagree with. And then what happens is if, if his bullshit is loud enough and people really disagree with it, then it affects his sponsors, which affects his money. And then he shuts the fuck up. You understand what I'm saying? So when I tell you to think critically, to use news stories, watch CNN, watch MSNBC, that's fine. But also maybe watch Fox, see the difference or the similarities in the stories. But then maybe listen to Don't Tread on America. Listen to Bongino. Listen to another podcast and see. And I don't even want to say a super popular. The reason I've really been listening to Bongino lately, and I'm not, this isn't a commercial for Bongino. I'd rather you listen to me. is, like I said, since the chains have come off of Fox News, he's a little more freer to say the things he says because I think his sponsorships aren't, he's not sponsored by like uh, Clorox or, you know, Bud Light, (laughs) for example. So he can kind of say whatever the hell he wants. 
And that's what I think is interesting about my podcast and the things I say here because I'm not beholden to a goddamn person. (laughs) I pay the bills in this motherfucker. I pay for the spot for the uh, distribution of the show. I pay for the website. I pay for the computer, the board, the Internet. It's me. I don't ask you guys for money and I don't I don't look for sponsorships to pay for this. If they come, that's fine, but they're going to they're going to adhere to my to what I think, not what they think. If they want to throw me uh, $100 a month to help me cover the expenses of this show, cool. But it's my way, not y'all's way, cuz I don't need your money. Okay? And I think that's why people listening to podcasts are dangerous on both sides because they're getting a different version of the truth and probably even more so of the truth. Everything that I'm reading you today isn't me making up bullshit. These clips I played were from a congressional hearing back in 1975 where the CIA director was questioned. Then in 19, uh, I don't know exactly what year it was, but when Bush Jr., was president the questions were asked you heard the answers this isn't me random dude with a podcast making up some bullshit this isn't fake news now uh someone from the beast or from cbs or someone that probably makes a lot more money than me spouting bullshit and lies to you guys is going to tell that tell you i'm a conspiracy theorist and i'm full of shit i'll say this about that I'm of the belief anymore in my life that whenever I hear the term conspiracy theorist, that what I'm saying is the truth and that person is full of shit. Because think in your life, if you're, if you're about my age, if you're anywhere from 40 to 70 years old, okay, think in your life of everything that we were told that was a conspiracy theory. Just, just spitball, JFK, UFOs. <laughs> Operation MK Ultra, M- Operation Northwoods, Operation Paperclip, Operation <laughs> Mockingbird. We were told these things are conspiracy theories. Since then, oh, JFK might have been killed by these people. Oh, there might be UFOs. Oh, yeah, by the way, Operation Paperclip, Northwoods, Mockingbird. And all these other things did actually happen. MK Ultra, They did actually happen. So from here on out in your life and my life, whenever someone tells me it's a conspiracy theory, they can go fuck themselves. Because I'm going to play this one more clip for you guys to prove how Operation Mockingbird is in full effect right now. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. 
But we are concerned about trouble in China that is responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 So, <laughs> now that was from not Fox News, not MSNBC, not CNN, not uh, HNN, not Newsmax, not whoever. This is your local news around the country. This is you in Texas, you in California, you in Oregon, you in New York, you in Florida. And let me break it down. You in Tampa, you in Pittsburgh, you in Houston, you in Dallas, you in L.A., you in San Fran, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, <laughs> fucking uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, uh, Albuquerque, Louisville, Nashville. I'm trying to think of mid-major areas. Sioux Falls. This is... Your media, this is Fox, this is ABC, CBS, NBC. This isn't national news. This isn't Tucker Carlson and Anderson Cooper and Wolf Blitzer and whoever else saying the same line. This is local news media saying the exact same thing across the country. So if you, wherever you live... In the 50 states of this country that you're living in. And guys, if you're not, if you don't live in America, if you, if, uh, we have listeners in Canada, Europe, whatever, you're seeing the same thing. This is not an American thing. It may have originated here, but trust me and you when I tell you that no matter what country you live in, they're doing the same fucking thing. Okay? Um, <laughs> so no matter where you live in this country, you have heard that clip. If you listen, if you watch your local news, you heard one of your anchors or whatever say this. That proves to you that this shit is real. That these are scripts written by somebody. You can't tell me that Bob Johnson, the producer of 10 News in fucking Houston, Texas... Wrote the exact same motherfucking words that Susie Johnson in fucking Boston, Massachusetts wrote. It's not happening. 
<laughs> this was something that was print. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. <laughs> you guys remember the movie Good Morning Vietnam, right? You remember when he was on the news? He was the he was the what was it? Adrian Cronow, right? Good morning Vietnam, right? And you have the twins. I don't recall the names. Pardon my, you know, for forgetting whatever. But the news would come off the printer, right? And it, he couldn't rip. You, you've heard the term rip and read, right? Well, it wasn't allowed to be ripped and read because the censors, the twins, had to adjust the news. Essentially, that's what you see here. Operation Mockingbird is in full effect and the the spectrum is probably a lot bigger than it was when it started back in the you know in the 50s now you have a way bigger uh outlets so you figure back in the 50s you had three channels and you had however many newspapers nowadays you have god knows how many channels plus your local news plus social media, plus newspapers, if anyone still reads them. So obviously, there's a lot more people on the payroll. And I hate to say this, but there's probably people that you listen to. You might listen to a podcast that is a national person, okay? Glenn Beck, let's just say. And I'm not saying that he is. I'm just using him as an example. Um, who might be on the payroll? Uh, Alex Jones might be on the payroll. And the stories you're hearing from these people are being told to them to tell to their audience because not all of us listen to the same podcast. I don't listen to Alex Jones. I barely listen to Glenn Beck. Um... But <laughs> that's why I try to do stories and, and things that I try to talk about opposite of what, because I can listen to five podcasts and they'll basically cover the same thing. And then you have to decipher, are these people controlled opposition? Are these people controlled media? And I look at it like this. There are certain podcasts that you listen to, I listen to, that they probably do all right. They probably make a living. I make my living doing a job. This is not my job. This is a hobby. I've said it time and time again. I'm a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast, right? There's guys, women and guys that do this for a living. So they obviously make some kind of money doing this. Then there's, there's guys that do multiple podcasts because they need to do four, five, six podcasts to make the money because that's their job. And I'm not denying them for that. And I'll, I'll say Sam Tripoli, for example, one of his podcasts that he does is Tinfoil Hat. I think it's fucking awesome. It's funny. Sometimes it gets off the rails, whatever. And this show, I get off the rails too. But um, he's not as popular. He does fine. I mean, he's... <laughs> More popular than this show is. I'm not knocking him by any stretch of the imagination. But he, um, in my opinion, with the information that he puts out and the stuff he talks about, should be just as big as any of the other guys out there. And that's just the way I feel. Why 
isn't he? Well, because he's not controlled opposition. He's not controlled. He's freelance. He goes off script. And they don't like that. Why do you think this show, and this is just my personal opinion, and you know, you can call me dumbass if you want. You can write in and find us on social media at Don't Tread on America. You can go to the website at DontTreadOnAmerica.com and tell me I'm stupid. That's cool. I can live with that. But in my opinion, <laughs> the reason this show isn't bigger than it should be is, number one, because of my logo. Number two, I tell a lot of truth because, once again... I have no one holding me back. And that's just it. I personally believe this show could be one of the best shows around. And I've been told so by many of you guys listening to this. And I appreciate the hell out of that. Um, I, but it's going to take you guys to help propel this show. To the next level. Because all I can do is what I'm doing. I'm going to try to continue. To bring you guys. The real story. And what I try to do. Is talk about things. Project Mockingbird for example. Why am I bringing this up? Look at what's happening. We can talk about Trump. We can talk about shootings. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And everyone says. The same things. Why? Why aren't they telling you the truth? Why aren't we talking about Biden and his bribery scandal? That story has gone the fuck away. Why? Well, because they indicted Trump. Why? To scare you guys away from voting for him. And all it really does is cause more deception. I think there's more people that are on Trump's side because of this bullshit. Because I think we have enough people in this country that are actually seeing the bullshit. And in all honesty, not to wish time away, but I can't wait for 2024 in the election. Because this will prove that in this country, if we're a bunch of pussies... Or if we're ready to we're ready to have a revolution. For a year or longer, we've heard podcasters, you've heard Congress people, I've said it, that we're in, we're about to be in, we're going to be in a civil war. You've heard Congress people, senators, people of a lot more influence than me say that there's gonna be a national divorce, uh successions you see in Idaho. Or, I'm sorry, not in Idaho, but in um, Oregon. They're voting. There's counties in Oregon voting to leave the state of uh, Oregon. The shit's real. There are people making moves. My question to you guys is, based on these shows that I've done lately, the information that I'm giving you, I'm not making this up. You can look it up your damn self. Okay. My advice to you is don't use Google. Find an alternative. Go to maybe Duck. But I guess basically what I'm saying is this. Are you guys going to be ready when in 2024 Trump is either in jail and Biden's your president again? Because if you can't sit here and look, I don't give a shit what they're saying Trump did. 
because we know it's bullshit. Are you guys going to be ready to throw the tea into the harbor? Or are we going to sit here and take it like a little bitch while we're getting fucked in the ass by these sons of bitches? And that's all I got for you guys today. With that being said, it is Sunday, June 11th, 2023. I am your host, Don Q. Please find us at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And Don't Tread on America on social media. Check us out, guys. Follow the show. Share the show. And uh, you guys have a great Sunday, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Other than that, I'll see you later. <laughs>